long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a great adventure took place. Star Wars Weekly Podcast. Thanks very much for listening with us. Um, today we've got uh, Adam in the booth joining us, uh, joining Grant and myself, Ben. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Yeah. Good to be here, guys. So exciting week. We finally get to take home uh, The Last Jedi and um, really comb through it and then um, really take in all this extra material and beside, behind the scenes as well. Um, so how many times did you guys watch the movie? I watched about four times this week. <laughs> Grant? <laughs> Couldn't help myself. I watched it twice through without commentary, then once with commentary, so three total. Oh, it's fantastic. I just uh, I just watched it once. I watched all the commentary straight through, and then um, I watched the film and um, loved it. Yeah. I picked up on a lot of stuff that I, I didn't pick up on when I, when I first viewed it in theaters, and then when I... Uh, watched it for the first time it really took like three or four viewings for me to pick up on some of the things i really liked and i have to say i think dj as a character works great he's one of the most fantastic additions to the film and i think he has my favorite line in the film for sure where he's you know it's all a machine partner you know let me learn you something big it's all a machine partner you know live free don't join like i, I just love that that line i think that's yeah. just such an interesting line and i think it's necessary too because that makes finn have to have an actual choice and decision right. joining the resistance which i think is great because i think so many people took it for granted at the end of the first one that they thought oh well, he's with them I'm like, no he was just doing everything to save ray and now he gets he sees the good the bad everything and still at the end decides to go well actually go with the girl again but <laughs> yeah but both but, also, but also yeah. help the resistance that that point actually really sat with me too that that i didn't really get the first time where he like it's like i really was focusing on finn like what is motivating him and it's really it's all about ray and right. it's just like, I have a friend. And, like, they are both sort of orphans. And so, you know, that does make sense. And she's, and, like, I caught a couple, you know, flashbacks where she's like, oh, like, Chewie, and ask about Finn. You know, like, when Chewie's, like, radioing back or um, for, like, some instructions while she's on Octo. And, you know, where she's actually thinking about him a lot, too. And I, I sort of, that flew under the radar the first three times that I watched it. Yeah. yeah, and reading the book, it's also, there's there's a, t- a total love triangle going on with, with, with Finn, Rose, and then... Finn's also thinking about Ray constantly, and it's. Yeah. Just, I'm super interested to see where Finn and Ray are in Episode Nine, and where Finn and Rose are in Episode Nine, and, and how that all works out. Because I was thinking that Ray and Finn were, were deeply connected, more so than just being friends. But you know, there was kind of an intimate, kind of almost affectionate love yeah. there. But you know, we'll see what happens. I'm just really interested in that whole dynamic. I am too. I mean, this again, this goes back to our mirroring thing where it's sort of that's always the sort of, you know, hovering over everything that this movie does. It's sort of like, you know, that he looked very carefully at the previous trilogies and his favorite parts and he will do reflections of that. And I mean, it's like at at first blush, I'm like, well, it's kind of weird to have a love triangle. But then really, in truth, there was a love triangle with Han, you know. Um, Leah and Luke. Yeah, until, until there it wasn't all of a sudden, right? <laughs> and uh, and I forget when when Han sees Leia for the first time in the Force Awakens. Does he say the same thing Luke does about her hair, or was is something about it looks better, it looks good this uh, that way? Uh, I, f- I felt like that was something yeah. Han yeah, that has is, said. Is, is. I never okay. picked it up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, like, it was, was weird. She's like, "What about?" Oh, she's jacket. like, "I know what you're gonna say. I changed my hair." Yeah. Yeah. 
Because that's what Han said. Yeah, He's yeah. Like, yeah I, I thought hair. that's yeah. something I picked uh, up on, and I thought that was. Kind I of like that even more. Oh, <laughs> I like that even more. Yeah, that was like that was a weird line, but now it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Maybe and, that's uh, really the thing. So, so I mean, obviously, there's a lot we can take away from the movie too. But what did you guys take away from the behind the scenes? Like, I think for the first time, we really got a chance to see Ryan Johnson in action, being a Star Wars director. What yeah. did um. What do you guys think about that? I was surprised with how much that was his movie. Like, yeah. and, and just have just one writer, one director on it, and how much he wanted everything in that movie, but still being open to hearing suggestions. But he is, uh-huh. listening to that commentary, he is a process nerd. Like, yeah. he yeah. is obsessed with shots and how to put a movie together. Yeah. And I I don't mean this as a, as a negative, because we'll, we'll probably talk a little later about where we think last jedi falls right, in a ranking right, of movies yes. and for me it's pretty high but um i don't know if he almost never talked about the plot so much as in terms of how the plot as a machine almost worked right mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's a bad thing necessarily with a star wars movie like it's it's we know what star wars is right so just put a good star wars movie together and i think he kind of did that what about you grant what did you what did you see there i think he just had great care for for all the characters and you know, you, you saw lots of these moments where he's with Mark Hamill and he's saying, you know, how do you feel about this? Mm. He was really just, you know, making sure that Mark is on board for the decisions that are being <laughs> yeah, made. Yeah. And this is this is a legacy character that's hugely important to all of us. So I thought that was just I thought it was it was fantastic how intimate he got with Mark Hamill and how he he both of them understood that where they're going. Luke Skywalker is is important in not just a way that wraps up the character, but also explores age and and what myth is supposed to do to explain the transitions of life and getting older and 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 this is the kind of luke that we needed to see because it's a reflection of you know uh of the real world and and how we all age and we have there's people with regret there's people with shame and you have to overcome these things and 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 find the greater good at the end of the day no matter what age you are what obstacle you're dealing with i thought that was just a beautiful I thought, I, I thought it was just beautiful how he was holding, you know, Mark's hand throughout the process and yeah, I mean, uh, the, by his side. There was definitely a movie within, made within a movie there, right. you know, for the behind the scenes. Like, yeah. suddenly there was a narrative, and you were really taken blow by blow through the whole the whole like dynamic between Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamill, who yeah. I just think walks on water. He's just so great. He's yeah. one of us, clearly. And, you know, I, I got a couple quotes out of that, and one was, you know, Mark wanted to be Luke Skywalker, right. but he was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was like, sorry, that's like who you are. And and there were so many things he really felt like how he went through that whole process. And definitely, I think whoever, you know, who did the behind the scenes mm-hmm. video played on that narrative and sort of went through it. And I, I was really surprised how deep it was because you see all these shots of Mark being heartbroken for like yeah. the yeah. first, what feels like <laughs> yeah. the first three quarters yeah. of the film. And just like begrudgingly, you know, he was actually my wife had a quote when um, uh, Mark was talking about Luke and he was like, I think he was just like, oh, um, you know, he's he's lost all mission. He's he's, you know, lost his will. He's tired. He's mm-hmm. lost. And she was like, is he talking about Luke or is he talking about himself? And she met it like seriously. But mm-hmm. it, like you really couldn't tell. Like, I feel like he was this like. You know, he had the, you know, the whole Jedi, right, right. you know, the force ripped out of him. And now he's just this husk of a man trying to, like, act a movie and, like, act a part and do, and do what he can. Yeah. 
But um, it was just weird that all I think we saw was the with the text, you know, that he revealed. He was right. like, I really didn't like the, the script in the beginning, and then I did. And, you know, at the end, you see him sold. Yeah, what was the line? I fundamentally disagree yes. with every decision <laughs> he, that Ryan Johnson yeah. made. And I really think he meant that. I really yeah. do. And the fact that he – and I think it really speaks to how good of a director Ryan Johnson is that he could sit down with him and talk through it and not just go, no, you're going to do it my way because I'm the director – and got that like just an amazing performance out of Mark Hamill, who is who is just incredible in that film. I think. Right. I you know for Ryan Johnson, I just something about him I didn't like him, mm-hmm. but not in a way that I didn't like him as a director. I just mm-hmm. don't think I'd like to have a beer with him. No. Like I like having beers with. Oh him. really? <laughs> yeah. I you know I I guess I appreciate him and I think he's cool. I don't know and I don't know what that's based on, yeah. but I do really respect him and I think. You know, I think seeing this, it really made me appreciate the decisions he made in the film and, and put another layer there. In some ways, and, I, and I, I, I completely agree because I felt like every time he would say something that he thought was funny or clever, I'd get really uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> because he's just... Uh, he's not he's awkward he's just awkward he was in that yeah, commentary very George-esque like, though I was going to say very like, if I, Kathleen yep. could pick anyone in Hollywood to direct a movie she picked the most yes. George-esque person that's what out I was thinking there. he's the closest probably kind of mumbling person. very quiet yeah. You know, yeah. extremely nerdy uh, yeah. kind of you know not Paper making films that are in the vein of, of, of what you would say was popular you know yeah. it's just yeah Doing his own thing. Carrie Fisher's lines suggested he was very micromanaging even yeah. on it, on his, you know, on mm-hmm. her lines and everything. Yeah. I mean, I think it made for a good movie. Like, mm-hmm. you really, like, every tone and, like, what that was portrayed yeah. felt intentional and it felt right, as which right. isn't the case with no. most Star Wars movies. Did you catch the little uh, dig he did at George? No. no um, you know, George was famous as always saying, faster, more intense. Yes. There's a line where he's talking to Carrie, giving her stage direction, and I think he said slower, less intense, or something yeah. like slower, <laughs> more intense, or some... It really had to be a very conscious decision. But also, and I think in the, was it in the documentary, he had that phone call from George Lucas. Yes, I would right. love to yeah, have been a fly yeah. on the wall for that oh. one. You felt the gravity yeah. of that phone call, and he's like, uh, what? You know, like yeah, really, yeah. really kind of nervous about that phone call. Right. Um, to see what's going on with it. And, you know, it was what, what do you guys... Something one of you just said, where you said it was like he's the writer and the director. I just fundamentally believe that that those are two separate jobs. <laughs> you know, like and and I, I just in my own brief experience in the industry too, it's just like the writer has a very meticulous way to look at these things, and a director right. is sort of practical. And I think there's an opportunity there to add another layer of you know emotion and whatnot that the writer might not see and it's it's good to have it separated. And I think that might have been Lucas's, you know, one of Lucas's faults was cuz he he you know, he did everything and like that was that. Well, I mean some of the best stuff Star Wars we've seen is is Lawrence Kasdan yep. writes. Yeah. George story by George right. yeah. and then Kirshner. Kirshner. I mean, yeah. they, right. that is like that was the ultimate yeah. for me personally yeah. and I think like you know, it is a lot of weight to be a writer director and you are going to make mistakes and I think there are there are there are there are logic problems in the Last Jedi, sure. yeah. but that doesn't mean that the film and the it, it is am- not amazing, and that he didn't yeah. he didn't nail the tone because he did. He nailed the tone. The film's incredible. There's incredible moments, uh, but it, there's just there's just some core logic mm-hmm. problems that uh, we can talk about later if we want to. But ultimately, yeah. it's and I think that's a complication that arises when you're writer director. I think right. that's something that 
yeah. is yeah. going is bound to happen. It's very interesting, yeah, how close it is to George. And also, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy was there with George, right? She saw all this go down, mm-hmm. and it's very telling that she was she was there flanking him, you know, through most of this this process. I didn't realize she was going to mm-hmm. be that close. Yeah, and um, you know, and then gave him another trilogy, and you know, because maybe she sees a lot of George in him. I think that, I think I, I think that's the actual the primary reason for giving him a new trilogy. I think she sees George 2.0 in yeah, Ryan yeah. Johnson yeah. for sure. Wow. And I'm excited to see what he does outside yeah. of the Skywalker line because I feel like some of the stuff I loved about the Last Jedi were the stuff that was so not like your typical Star Wars right. film. Yeah, and to have him a little freer maybe to mm-hmm. just do what he wants in in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a totally new setting that right. he can just be the complete. And that's master. and that I mean yeah. I, I'm seeing a lot on Twitter recently that a lot of the creatives and people at Lucasfilm and things like that are, are kind of upset with the the fan consensus that there's a little too much humor in Star Wars and it's <laughs> and, and, and they're saying hey why can't we just have fun why can't Star Wars be fun why do why do you guys all have to you know pit, pick a fight with with these jokes or this new humor and I think the I I, I love the fun I love the yeah. new humor yeah I love all of this stuff, but I think that humor will work so much better in a new trilogy. Yeah, if right. it's not connected to the sagas we know and love, where we have George's sensibilities and George's right. humor of, right. you know, Obi-Wan makes this dry musing or, like, Han Solo has this snide remark. You know, like, that was George's humor. And then yeah. for it to evolve into, you know, he's tooling with you, sir. I think he's tooling with you, sir. Yeah. Or, you know, general hugs or <laughs> dirt off your shoulder. Very yeah. 2004, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's always been very of its yeah. time. Yeah. I always, yeah, yeah. Anytime anyone starts going, oh, well, it's too current, I'm like, I ain't in this for your revolution, yeah. sister. Yeah. The yeah. most 70 line <laughs> yeah. any film. Yeah. That is, it has to be. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's going to, it's going to reflect. Yeah, yeah. There is contemporary. It yeah. always has There's been always contemporary. There's a humor. reflection There's of definitely. the geopolitical climate. I mean, the whole trade disputes and like, I mean, there was, you know, George Jr.'s fingerprints all over the prequels but i, I would Tom argue Ray, that Reagan. there was more character yeah. in, informed humor in george's yeah. Uh, yeah. stories 100%. and then in these new stories there's kind of this untethered humor that's that's fantastic and i love it and it's going to work amazingly well in a new trilogy and we'll really be able to let loose with it and you're not going to have all this this yeah. candor and yeah. whatnot so i'm excited as well for yeah. the new trilogy. Um, that's a good point i did want to hop right back into you know anything that you guys saw in these recent viewings that sort of brought more things to light um one thing that happened for me was I, I don't know I, I was sort of struggling with Luke's character and what's going on but one revelation that I had really that came through the director's cuts and the the behind the scenes more was that it was Luke's reasoning for sort of a, you know hiding himself away and like you know going into exile mm-hmm. and then I, and it what it said to me and, and what he said I, I think it was in one of the the um, the cut scenes is that um, he he was afraid to build up the Jedi again. He couldn't build up the two because he knew the Force is now balanced, which I didn't, you know, this is the thing that is kind of really new to me, and that a dark side Force would would answer it. And Snoke says the same thing. I was like, right. I knew yeah. Kylo as you grew in power, that there would be someone else that would grow in power. I thought it was Luke, but it was Rey. And um, that made a lot of sense to me. Like, mm-hmm. that, that really sort of gave reasoning. And also... There's, again, the mirroring to Empire Strikes Back. And when Luke was training, he had the Force vision, saw his friends in trouble, and wanted to run off and do it. And his master, you know, Yoda was like, don't do it. Stay. You got to stay. If you go and you mess around with that, everything would be lost. And so that's one of the reasons why he's refusing right now is he thinks, like, no, like, this is 
rushing off to save your friends is not the right way to do things. And um, right, yeah. and there was real spiritual crisis and physical crisis and and, yeah. and a loss at the end of Empire that yeah. I didn't feel with the Last Jedi. I didn't feel yeah. that there was the same loss, although it should have almost been that way because we lost Luke. It's it's just it's strange when you compare the ending of both both of those yeah, films, it is. and you go, "Hey, there's real loss in one of these films," and then there's this, there's almost like a transitional, a spiritual transition yeah. in the Last Jedi. That's, yeah. that's that's that doesn't feel like a loss they at all. It feels Han. like a, a yeah. rebirth. Yeah. Right. You know? it's and Johnson was very clear that he wanted that. Like he yeah. wanted a very happy ending for Luke's, which which right. was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I picked up a couple things uh, new this time, especially listening to the commentary and stuff. Uh, one, Ryan Johnson truly, I think, believes Kylo Ren is a hero and will yes. be a hero. Yes. He refers to them as our heroes. There's there's a really, this might be really minor and me overreading things, but that's who I am. Right. They had a prop table. Mm-hmm. And on the prop table, they were going by and they're like, well, these are all our heroes' weapons. And they had Yoda's cane and they had Luke's uh, lightsaber <laughs> and they had all stuff. And Kylo Ren's lightsaber was on there, not on the table with Snoke's stuff oh. and with the First Order stuff probably way over reading things but right but well, well in not. filmmaking if it's a, a big prop that's yeah. used by a character who has a lot of screen time it's yeah. going to be called a hero item sure okay. no matter what yeah. so i don't know if that's that was what it, it was but... i'm sure that's exactly okay, what it right. is <laughs> but but i was totally over reading but i think right. i think they're just i think it's going to lead to him being him coming back well, from well, or at least do, yeah, i wrote down the line and it, um that he wrote because i heard that too right. and i was like whoa and he says there are two halves of the pro- protagonist Okay, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on, and I don't want to yes, talk do. crazy. Yeah. But when I watched the cave scene three times in a row this week, I eye. kept pausing it when the shadow is there, yeah. just before it t- yeah. turns back to red. Yeah. And I swear, I saw kind of furled hair, almost like kind of winged hair that you'd get from wearing a hat, or if you were Han Solo and you know the early Han Solo, you know that we know from a new hope like that kind of that hair that's furled up i i swear i saw these wing Mm. hair tips i don't know if you guys saw them but i i swear i saw i was scrutinizing that shape because it wasn't her at first and then it was her it's almost like they had alden ehrenreich like come over after a makeup (laughs) test and just stand and they just shot it and then they put a you know a silhouette instead and wouldn't be amazing if they did that it, honestly <laughs> if you look back at these films yeah. and they were brother and sister it would make so much sense you would yeah. say oh my it, it, yeah. everything that ray and kylo are saying yeah. to each other and all the actions they're taking against each other is makes yeah. so much i'm not going to believe that for one JJ second can but... do it if he wants and I, yeah. i'm kind of hoping for something like they that. both have dark hair I want to just yeah. be like yeah. oh you know exactly which way it's going to go you have no idea which way it's going to go when mm-hmm. ryan does a movie and then you go back to nine and it's like and he just puts the bow on it and it's like no it ends up it is cool and yeah. right. you know have a really positive wrap makes, up to this makes to this for fun, fun watching movies. i hope they kind of keep doing this going back <laughs> yeah. and forth going no no one-upping each other in a way because oh. yeah i i had no idea when i was watching the last Jedi. i just had no idea it was the first time i just yeah. i walked out of that film going i don't know how i feel like it. it was like every scene i just was not what i was expecting and i just walked out going i don't know like <laughs> i either loved it or hate it and right. and it's probably the second star wars movie i ever stayed up the rest of the night just thinking in bed hmm. just thinking processing <laughs> it and the, the other one was attack of the clones but that was for a very different reason i was up all night <laughs> <laughs> oh interesting that, like, uh, but 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 i and i'm not a prequel hater don't worry but yeah, yeah, but yeah. i was that uh 
thinking about Natalie Portman's crop top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very strange and confusing feelings at the end yeah, of that one. Uh, but uh, I Yoda flipping around oh, was, okay. was weird for me, and now it's one of those really? things that I actually kind of love it now. But when I first yeah. saw it, I'm like, what is happening? And then, and then I also yeah. went to a midnight showing, and then I bought tickets for 10 a.m. the next morning. So I'm like, oh, I gotta sit through this oh, again. Okay. But but I've I've made my peace with the prequels. That's interesting. Yeah, that would be funny if this movie ends up in hindsight being a lot more like Attack of the Clones than Empire Strikes Back. But I mean, when I first saw it, I actually put it in that realm. I I feel bad for even saying that, but because I, I love it now. But I just when I first saw it, I was like, yeah. a lot of stuff happened, but didn't push forward these giant long form like mythic reveals that I thought would kind of take place in yeah. the second yeah. film not reveals I mean I know there's supposed to be no catharsis in the second film out of a trilogy but I know that right. at the same time there has to be some kind of I guess setup for the final film hmm. in a bit if there's a if there's a brother and sister reveal honestly that would that makes that would be big. the the, the yeah. The force connection that Ray and Kylo had is a great setup for that reveal, but I we don't know. Yeah, don't know. instead we're sort of left with, well, now Ray doesn't have a mentor. He never really was much of a mentor. She's on her own. Snow, uh, Kylo's on his own, and the resistance is twenty people in a prayer, right? Yeah. And 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 hope sent out, uh, you know, amongst the galaxy. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no republic to be speaking of. There's a complete power vacuum in the galaxy. And there's the first order sort of stampeding along under the the helm of, which Vader's also seems grandfather. small compared to the empire. Like I never think of the yeah. of, of of the first order as this giant. No, thing. I think it was like a fifth of the size. Yeah, you, you know, a fraction. Yeah, I'm not sure if they cover that in the books. I've read some, but not all. But well, it always seemed like a smaller. Right. I mean, yeah. they got some cool ships. They had a whole planet apparently. Mm-hmm. But um, they uh, yeah. Well, but yeah, like it there feels was a, there was a lot small. of outposts and things like that in the the unknown regions where right. Snoke, you know, came into being and helped them rebuild and, 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 and save the Empire right. from a lot of the dangers that were out there and yeah. Yeah. not the Empire of the First Order and, and I thought that, right. so they must they might have more assets that we don't know about. Yes, so. that's true. You've, you've Ben, I know you read a lot of the books. Yeah. Uh, the aftermath stuff, wasn't some of that I read those and I can't remember but I I remember enjoying it, but wasn't a lot of that kind of them going off to the the unknown? Is that the part of the unknown yeah. regions kinda of licking their and, wounds for and, a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And um, Jenny just got me a, a book of the like uh, visual dictionary for Splash Jedi, and that confirmed it too. Which like you don't, you don't really know. Even in aftermath, they in Bloodline, they sort of, they they sort of suggest like Bloodline's the most distinct sort of. Well, that's probably that military cell probably became the First Order, right. Right? right? But they don't, you know, it's still very hidden. But what the visual dictionary confirmed is that um, they were hidden in the unknown regions and are hidden they're based in the unknown regions that's where snoke apparently was he has there are these characters in purple hoods in his throne room which i didn't see live but they were in the dictionary i guess they were Hmm. there they're these tall aliens that they use that um they're they're navigators for the unknown regions but they live in the unknown regions they're an alien race out there i mean everyone's aliens in the galaxy right but um but yeah that's what they do so that so there's really no telling how large the the first order is if they're based out there they can sort of hide their numbers and uh, what kind of campaign are we going to see from supreme leader kylo ren like what what could what could right. his agenda be in nine aside from killing the last jedi uh, hopefully not a lot of temp, temper tantrum based <laughs> politics but it would be cool to see a political move you know it would yeah, be right. really boring if he's just fighting the remnants of the you yeah. know resistance like they've got to make a play to take over the galaxy right Right. That's that. I mean, that's ultimately their the first order's edict. They It'd give be it order. Fascinating because you know he is not 
he's closer to the middle, right? When we talk about like light and dark, I mean, he's definitely moving further and further to the dark, but I don't see him on the same level as Vader. I don't see him on the same level as the Emperor. Yeah. I, I think he killed Snoke for a lot of reasons, but it'd be fascinating if in the next one, which I think we you probably all agree that it's probably going to be a time jump, yeah. my guess, in the ninth one, that if he's not necessarily benevolent, I can say that word. Yeah, sure. Uh, leader, but one that, that that people at least respect, and he's yeah. actually brought order in a way, And then, but you see underneath of it that the dangers of that order would be fascinating if they're actually loved and not a feared, and then you have this right. rebellion who knows the true heart of the of the of the first order yeah that i mean that would be complicated but i mean that's essentially that would really be rebooting the empire because they were sort of but in a different way Mm -hmm. they sort of hoodwink it there was in um so one of the major characters in the phasma book have you guys read that i didn't yeah was was uh brendel hux which is armitage hux's father and um and so he he explains a lot of the first because he was he was one of the people that bridged the empire to the first order. Right. Um, and he, he's like, it's right in the name first order. And it's all about bringing order to the galaxy. And, you know, I mean, all of the dark side leaders and Sith think they're going to be like, Oh no, we're going to rule the galaxy. It's going to be great. We're going to bring peace and justice. And I'm, I'm sure Kylo thinks that. Yeah. And, but it'd be interesting if, you know, this is an, another line from, um, from Ryan Johnson was just like, Darth Vader was a character that you everyone loved, but no one could sympathize with or empathize with. But Kylo Ren is someone that you kind of can, and it's you know it's complicated, and so it'll be sort of interesting to see what his galaxy looks like. He's clearly got just as much light as dark in him. Yeah, and um, yeah, it'll be that'll be cool. Do you think he's gonna lean military leader, or maybe uh, kind of be more? I don't want to say spiritual, but I guess uh, dwell more on the dark side. Maybe rekindle the relation, his uh, relationship with the Knights of Ren, and maybe bring the Knights of Ren back into the picture. Do we oh, think that? I that's would a love thing? that. Yeah, JJ I'd love to be do. this like occult dark side, just like yeah. a lot of hooded figures yeah. and seances and cauldrons, and like <laughs> yeah. that would be that would be my my choice for oh, how yeah. how yeah. he leads. Or like the Inquisitors from um, from uh, Rebels in the comics yeah. would be kind right. of an interesting that type of take of this this. Yeah, dark side force. Even you know the, the Night Sisters. I I sort mm-hmm. of I love that whole storyline and what you know Count Dooku was you know dealing with with them and making deals with the dark side and. Um, yeah. Do you think we're done with Octu? Do you think Kylo might go to Octu and check it out? I think it's I think it's not in the story. Oh, the secrets? No, okay. Great. I mean, we've got the books, right? I think that's that's all we'll probably need. Do we think Ray goes back to Octu to maybe interact with the Force Ghost of Luke? Cause... Maybe it's his essence is stronger. Than I think that it's funny because that my thought was I think it depends on who the foes who the force goose goose. I'm sorry, guys. Force, force goose. goose. The force ghost goes to which is like is he going to be spending time with Ray or is he going to be haunting Kylo? Kylo. Like, which I would so love great. that he's just constantly like just trying to bring the light out in Kylo. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be actually because like what talk about mirroring? Yeah. Right. You know, you get a, a good force that's trying to compete, and then. It would be cool if he had like a, a devil on his shoulder, and you got Hayden Christensen on the other one. You know, evil Hayden Christensen, oh, Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, being um, because another thing in that visual dictionary is they were like, these are Kylo Ren's quarters. Like, I want to know where the bathroom is on every ship yeah. in, in Star Wars. <laughs> like, that's how much I want to know these ships. Um, so I read this, and they were like, interestingly enough, like, he didn't have Vader's helmet. He left that for safekeeping on on. Um, oh, I wish I knew the name of the ship. It's Hux's ship. It's called like the. 
and vigilance, I think. Okay. Something like that. Sure. Um, so he, cause he was, his quarters were on Snoke's, but they're just, just the fact that they were like, don't forget, he still has that. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, it would be great to have that sort of Shakespearean moment with a helmet again. You know, what's funny is, is kind of this idea of remember that something can happen that's happened in the past. The Yoda moment, I never guessed that was going to happen. And because I read oh, all yeah. the early <laughs> EU stuff and I remember in the early EU books like they got I think at some point they got to the point where force ghosts couldn't appear after a certain amount of time oh, like mm-hmm. they, that's how yeah. they did it so so like I remember Ben visiting Luke for the last time and saying this is it I can't visit you anymore mm-hmm. and I know that stuff's not canon but it was so implanted in 16 uh, year old yeah. Adam's brain right, reading right, that right. book <laughs> that it never occurred to me and when Yoda showed up that was oh. the closest I felt like a child watching a movie yeah. since yeah. a kid like I like I literally like just perked up and I felt like a, like it just tingled down my spine but and, and I just never thought that would happen and now I'm like, I never even thought of Vader coming back or anything like that. Yeah. And I'm like, why not? You know, you absolutely could have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because we, so we are, it's established that the, the Anakin Skywalker um, force ghost exists and, and in Hayden Christensen's body. Um, but uh, yeah, it would be cool. I don't know. I, I, I would personally like to see it. I think that would be super cool. But I think, oh God, I don't know where I read it, but it was something in The Force Awakens where they like sort of imagined this divided force ghost even you know that's sort of like there's good vader and there's bad like there's dark vader and there's Anakin that's right. there was the uh the oh, fused yeah. uh being that was half vader costume and half hayden christensen and they were oh. talking about for oh, a yeah. while that this is this is the ghost from the the, the force back that ray has in, in maza's castle that she interacts yeah. with this with this ghost and i would have loved that i would have loved to have just a little bit more of the the shadow of the empire kind of yeah, you know, uh, in, in the film, you, 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 that you could this. hang over that could yeah. hang over this film. I, w- I always thought it'd be interesting if if Hayden, a Force Ghost Vader, comes back to talk to Ray. I, I mean, I was in the I was in the Ray is Vader reincarnated right. camp for mm-hmm. the longest time, mainly because Claudia Gray, I think, who wrote Bloodline, yeah. and uh, she she had actually predicted that. She said, "I think JJ was setting him, her up to be the reincarnation of Vader." And if she even does had, does have like that black hair and kind of mm. pale complexion, like Sebastian. Uh, uh, Shaw, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who originally played Vader in Return of the Jedi when right. Luke takes the helmet off. There's a little. I mean, I can see a resemblance to Ray, mm-hmm. Ray in that. In that. that so you you think she this, she this could business. potentially fall to the dark side and sort of? No, 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 galaxy. no. I think that, I think that, it was a really, really intense kind of spiritual uh, thought process that uh, revolved around her being the reincarnation. In that, you know, Anakin had had messed up in one trilogy. He had. Mm. He had fallen, and he had turned to the dark side, and then the middle trilogy had made things terrible for everyone, and then he was the redeemer in the last trilogy and had to rectify everything that, that went wrong. And yeah. so I thought that was kind of like a... And and being reborn as a new being mm-hmm. can do so. I thought that was like kind of where it was all yeah, going. That would be, I don't think that would that be heavy. That would be, that would be pretty big. Yeah, that's it's the, yeah, the reincarnation stuff is interesting. I never really thought about that having... because Because that is a way to kind of get around... Like both Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abram can have both their cakes and eat them too. Of saying yeah. like, no, your parents really were junk traders; they were right. nobody. But yeah. your soul, your spirit—that's exactly yeah, it. Well, is she something. can still be a nobody and be the reincarnate. It's, yeah. It doesn't conflict with that at all. The, the only thing close to that that I've seen—have um, you read the the Bane trilogy? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that at the, the the last part. So spoiler alert if you're going to read the Bane trilogy. But to so say Bane had gets the power to put his spirit in another human being yeah 
so he couldn't die he can just like take over another being and fight with it and be you know that's not canon that stuff's a little bit too like overpowered i would say you know i I don't like anything that's very overpowered i like characters that are flawed and have weaknesses that's like my those are my favorite kind of characters so for her to i think this would be worked in as a flaw and a weakness i think it would be like oh but you you know you came from this terrible right. lineage yeah. like you, you know that it would be it would be worked as a flaw instead of a you know this is a power yeah. you have yeah. another um differentiation point that i really appreciated um that came out of the behind the scenes um was he he uh Ryan Johnson was talking about the um the Luke Skywalker uh, moment in front on crate and he was like, yeah, I played around with a lot of ideas and I thought about having him go out there in, in real life, like not be an astral projection and pull a starfighter out of the sky, you know, with the force right. and show him being all of that. He's like, but he's like, the force is not a superpower. Yeah. And that like, I think a, it's very important for, because Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars to differentiate on that yes. thing. Like you, you know, Jedi can't just be can't be action hero, can't be superheroes, and it's got to be more complex than that. So I really appreciate that he's you know he put a line there, and I do hope sort of going forward that even though I, I love the opulence of the prequels and sort of like oh the, the force is all around us, it's this is mainstream living, you know, dealing with the force. But like now, if it's more mystical and elusive, yeah. and mm-hmm. they're constantly you know it's a massive puzzle that you're only you know, you're only getting fragments of uh, based on huge missions just to get, you know, I'd love to see holocrons, more trips to temples. Yeah. You know, I want to know what's in those books. Even though Yoda seemed to downplay him, just be like, meh. He's like, <laughs> she knows everything. She knows all that yeah. already. But, um, but I mean, maybe that's that's conversation between two Jedi Masters that know a lot about the Force. Yeah, right. I don't know if you guys saw this, but in I, I don't know what news outlet it was from, but uh, Rich Rich, Rich Hein Heinrichs I think was the production designer on okay. the film, and he said that you know the Jedi, the tree, the the library mm. where the books are stored, it actually was actually designed to look like the Jedi symbol, which is the. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wow! Oh, I mean, I, was, nice. I read that article and I was, my huh. mind was blown because yeah. that actually where is where the Jedi had totally created does. the symbol. Now that I'm thinking, yeah. and I was like, wow, that's such a beautiful yeah. little homage to the the symbol. Yeah, so. at this point, we've had such good role models for filmmaking and like Ben Burt and you know, for me with just like sound design, my hero and John yeah. Williams with music. It's just like everybody gets it, like down to the. Right. seamstress and you know is just like well no I'm, I'm stitching it this way because it's you know right. everyone's got these tiny tiny details that all have some sort of meaning um, in the greater scheme of things yeah. which is really cool that was cool so um where does this one fall guys oh you want to do our lists you want to do the list all right let's do it let's rank them all right um what do you uh yeah if this is going on on the internets these days a lot of okay. people ranking the movies we might as well join in on the fun Right, Grant, you want to go, go first? first? All right, Grant, you're the more first. most prepared. All right, um, I think Empire is my favorite film, mm-hmm. mainly because it has my favorite line mm-hmm. in all of Star Wars, which is, I think Vader says to Luke, he goes, you know, uh, you're powerful in the Force, young Skywalker, but you're not a Jedi yet. And that yeah. is my favorite mm-hmm. line in all of Star Wars, the delivery of it, everything about that mm-hmm. line. Is my, yeah. It just, it screams Star Wars to me. I love that line. Therefore, it will always be my favorite film. Uh, second, I'll go uh, A New Hope. Third, I'll go Rogue One. Uh, four, I'll go Return of the Jedi. Uh, mm. Five, I'll go The Last Jedi. Six, I'll go um, uh, The Force Awakens. And then I'll do the prequel trilogy in reverse, Revenge of the Sith. 
Okay. Uh, oh no, I'll do I'll do the Phantom the Phantom Menace and then Attack of the Clones, and it it always changes. So I think okay. that, that that's my list right now. That's your list. Okay. okay. Adam, you got you want to go? Yeah, I can go. Uh, so not not gonna be too shocking or too different, but but um, I'm gonna switch to the top around. Um, Star Wars: New Hope, number one for me. Though to be honest, that changes week to week, whether right. it's that yeah. or Empire. But just I feel like Star Wars is like the perfect standalone film. Yeah. And I mean Empire is is better, but man does Star Wars like I I forget that Han's coming back in the Millennium Falcon every time I watch that film. Even though I know <laughs> what's going to happen, even though I know what's going to happen. Yeah, it is the structure. I get this weird amnesia and it surprises me every time and I get so happy still. Yeah. Um but they're right next to each other just Star Wars, A New Hope and, and Empire. Um then I'm actually going to go Last Jedi. Last Jedi is my third one right okay, right nice. now. Um then um then uh, Return of the Jedi. That one's always there. It's tough. It's tough for me to even bounce the original trilogy out of the top three. Right. But yeah. I'm just feeling that Last Jedi so much now. Okay. Yeah. Um, then Rogue One. Uh, and then Force Awakens. Those also switch a lot. I think Rogue One is technically a lot better. Um, I just love how much it looks like the original movie. It's just amazingly designed. But similar to my feelings, like the Last Jedi still, or, or not the Last Jedi, sorry, the Force Awakens still makes me feel like a kid. Like it still accomplished that yeah. perfect, like remember what Star Wars is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then again, I'm fine with prequels, but I'll, I'm just gonna be honest because I'm a math nerd, so I feel like there should be scale in these rankings <laughs> yeah. where it's just like <laughs> when you line them up, it doesn't mean there's equal distance between all of them. There's a quite a big gap between between uh force awakens and the prequels though i still love me some prequels um those generally go um phantom menace um because of the feeling it elicits again because i was so excited to have star wars back and for all of its flaws i think it's a fast fun star warsy movie then uh return of the sith because i think it's technically the best the prequels well made so good and then attack of the clones further down yeah yeah right Gosh, it's so tough. I, I feel like I, I can't even. Those are, are pretty great things, and it's toughest to go last. But I, honestly, I've never ranked them. They've sort of been like, they're like you know my favorite children. Like picking yeah, your favorite right. children, even though I don't have any children. <laughs> um, but I imagine it's super hard <laughs> if it's anything like Star Wars movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's and a lot of it has to do with how, what I've seen recently. Yeah. And I've realized right. I don't think I've seen Return of the Jedi in maybe like five years. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, I think uh, it's been a minute, and so I'm just been like, I gotta like, it got to a point where I was like, wait, what? Ha- wait, what happens after they save like Luke? Like, what happens right after? Yeah. That? So I don't know. I um, it's, it's in generally the like the, and also I love new content, so it's just like yeah. I've watched the hell out of these movies, and it's more like a ritual for me when I watch them. It's like, I want them, I want them to surprise me still. Like you know, I guess I've got to go. I mean, a new hope's got to be the best one for me, um, just because it changed the genre, and I just think pound for pound, like I mean. It's one of the most important movies in film, and uh, I can't like take that out of that. And it's been you know, you know, done a bunch of different times. Um, I'm just gonna go crazy. I'm gonna say Rogue One second um, because wow. it's the mirror of that movie, and yeah. it's new oh, and it's sense. fantastic. Nice. Um, I think uh, I'm gonna go Last Jedi because it's okay. crazy, <laughs> and because um, I just saw it, and it's like, and it's like it works on a lot of levels, and I think history. It's going to be so counter to what the other two movies in this trilogy is going to be. I think it's going to be really fascinating. Right. Um, we'll do Empire after that because it's like it's in that same vein. Uh, I mean, 
it's tough to i mean it's it's tough to put empire fourth but like what i'm not even gonna say that again because whatever they're fantastic um i'm gonna go phantom menace next okay all right. i love I like because it. very much so for the feeling that it, it evokes like i i loved the prequels when they happened and yeah. you know i only started questioning them after this thing called the internet happened right. and everyone started hating and actually i was at a i don't know if i mentioned this in an earlier podcast but i was at a lp concert you, you uh, did, it was yeah. a deaf jokes yeah and like lp called them out and i was like that jerk and like i was like wait maybe i should start looking and seeing but like regardless yeah. i loved it and even now i'd like the thought of of qui-gon jinn and obi-wan kenobi like you know having to go on an undercover mission through you know Theed makes me happy and makes me want to watch those movies like i forget yeah. about all the other stuff and i'm just like no i want to go on that adventure because right. i love them and they're fantastic um and then God, force awakens i don't think i've said that yet because it's newer and that one's fantastic um i haven't said return of the jedi yet return of the jedi okay um return of the sith and attack of the clones yeah. like it's i don't know it's it's the love story actually the love story loses me a little it's so wincy with hayden and padme no right, matter like right. i can't you know but whatever there's wincy parts throughout the whole all, all nine movies the but, levitating uh, the yeah. apple oh, the Apollo, the artist yeah he's the such like a one like the, it's not uh, even wrong it's, it's just not easy to watch just no, because like yeah. maybe he's playing the character perfect but it's like why did anakin have to be such like a wincy teenager yeah but it's like i will say, teenagers are wincy period right i will say attack of the clones has the best music out of all the films. Mm. Ooh, I like that. I will say that, in my opinion. Yeah, and I love the the Obi Wan uh, film noir detective story yes, part I of love that, that film. Too. I love that part. If you could right. just take that yeah. out and do a thirty minute episode of something, yeah. I would I'd watch that every day. Or or when when Anakin, uh, you know, goes to Shmi in the Tuscan Raider tent, yeah. and that violin starts playing. It's like yeah, yeah. Oh, when yeah. he's on the when he's on the spear, yeah. going, it's like whoa. Yeah. You're just, that is next level intense. Oh yeah, I that is totally that. intense. And the, I mean, the scene at Tatooine sunset mm. with Anakin Skywalker yeah. on a speeder just heading to a Tuscan camp to like break. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Attack of the Clones yeah. has its moments. Sure, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. incredible. It's still Star Wars. I yeah. still yeah. love it as much as I can yeah. ripe about it. I I've watched that movie. I used to work at a video store, yeah. and when when the prequels started coming out, and so I would watch before prequels came out. I started watching, so I'd watch the first three trilogy literally every day like that's mm -hmm. what i put on i'd put on and i would go and i just wow. watch it on a loop on a loop i've probably had that movie in the background of my life no kidding and then the prequels would start coming out so then i would start adding those in <laughs> and by the end i was watching all six just on a loop on a loop on wow a loop. i'm a little crazy but yeah <laughs> that's that, fantastic and oh, now i watch awesome. them on my elliptical and i exercise <laughs> i do that in the marvel movies those are the only things i watch on my elliptical and i work my way through and then do oh, the marvel movies and then do the star wars and then around and around and around fantastic so they're in your life yeah You've, you yeah. know these things yeah. quite well so aside from the uh, behind the scenes, do we want to talk about some of the deleted scenes? And like oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we haven't talked scenes. about that yet. Cool. Oh, well, you know what? Let's just uh, take a pause here. Okay. So 24 and 20, we're at 45 minutes. Okay. So um, like uh, five, ten more minutes of uh, just deleted scenes. We'll do that scenes and, then, and then move on to video games video for games, the last yeah. 15. We try to just keep it. Yeah. If it goes, I think we, no, can, we can max out at about an hour and five minutes. Um, just because yeah. there's a megabyte limit on, yeah, yeah. on what we do. Cool. 
No, I think that's good too. I, I don't know. Longer than that gets a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could listen to this forever. I, yeah. <laughs> I could talk about it. I appreciate having me on. I, I was, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the first three episodes. I'm like, I'm listening to this anyway. Even if I was on it or not, I'd be listening to it. It's, yeah. it's, it's oh, yeah. exactly Ben, ben makes me look good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I call Rose terrible things by accident, by total accident. I was like, in the book, even I love mm-hmm. Rose on screen. Mm-hmm. I just thought that her portrayal in the book was a little bit like. Ugh. Yeah, I heard your description of it. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to read that read part that. of it. Yeah, I was like, Ugh. but um, yeah. I mean, it's important that that every that Star Wars is for everyone, and I feel like I can't yeah. just be I can't be a whiny you know guy who wants it to be heroes and right. you know dashing around and doing awesome stuff. I, it has to be there has to be some romance. There has to be yeah. some you know fun coming of age. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be Some a thing. immature. Yeah. All right, well, let's right, jump into... Why don't you start, start it over again, what you yeah. just said. Okay. So let's jump into some of the... Uh, we talked about behind the scenes, but let's talk about deleted scenes. Okay. Um, so we had a little bit more of the Fothier chase, yeah. which was great, Excessive. but a little underdeveloped <laughs> in terms of the CGI wasn't really there, but um, yeah. uh, kind of uh, kind of a lot for... It would have really bogged down that, that yeah. whole yeah. Canto bite. Um, sequence or were yes. there? I think it would have bogged down the movie in general. Um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? The the Fathier stuff. I think I'm, I'm an old man now, and yeah. as much as I love, I'm still like yep. love explosions, and like that's what I go to the movies for. It was a bit much. It was. It just kept going and going and going. It just felt like it was serving a purpose. Like it felt like we need an action scene here. Yeah, so insert exactly. Action scene. And when I was wa- I, I remember when I got out of the movie. Like one of the things I think that night was like. Oh, scene went on forever and the second time i'm like it's not that long no, right. and it's, I like, not. it's like it, but 20 it seconds feels like yeah. every time i watch it it seems like the slowest part of that like yeah. you start to feel mm-hmm. the length of that yeah. movie at that moment yeah you like get to the next thing already yeah. we get mm-hmm. it like they yeah. they bust up the town and uh and then we have we had another scene in the, the elevator scene where um mm. uh dj finn and rose are taking the elevator up to uh before that they're walking to the elevator and they get spotted by a uh a first order official who's following them to the elevator they get in the elevator and then we have stormtroopers come in what do you guys think about that scene i thought it was a fantastic scene actually that was one of the few that i would have liked to see in there um because i thought it really elevated the suspense and the you know it showed what danger they were in because as soon as that you know that isb agent saw spotted them almost immediately and it's sort of you know it that seemed a little more plausible than them just sort of coasting into a you know, into the the supremacy and not being noticed, even though they look like sort of this this rat pack. Um, incidentally, I found out in the visual dictionary um, on on Rose's uh, jacket on her imperial uniform, there's some um, arabesque, and it says Tarkin. Hmm. Oh, wow. oh okay. yeah. How about that? Interesting. Yeah, I like that. I think it's just a little callback for whatever. Super cool. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. I thought um, I, I listened to the commentary over the deleted scenes, and he was talking about how that when they were walking through, that was his ode to Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, like uh, of, of this idea of, of just the, the the button pushers of the First Order, which I liked a lot. Yeah, the I liked wow. it. It was definitely tension building. I would have hoped if they kept it in, they would have done a different voiceover with the with the southern yes um, right. yeah the, the Tom Hardy Tom Hardy character right yeah. was that so I saw in, I saw Tom yeah. Hardy was in it that was Tom Hardy that was Tom okay. Hardy the southern uh, stormtrooper yeah, he should have done Bane just, well yeah just should I would have preferred Bane would be yeah. like oh what you <laughs> I was born in the order yeah <laughs> TK four two seven that's too bad because I love Tom Hardy and yeah I didn't it it did some. Of all the accents in the world, yeah. the southern accent, I just yeah. think... He made a choice. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess in the First Order, like in the Expanded Universe sort of stuff, the First Order is... There are a bunch of orphans from 
backcountry. They're a little. They're not. You know, these well-heeled um, aristocrats' children that are, right. are. You know, going. They're just prestigious thing. The yeah, yeah, they're they're whoever they can find. And uh, how about the caretaker village scene where where Luke is telling her that the it's about to get plundered, uh, uh, and she races off to go defend it, and they're just having a party. What do we think about that scene? Like, so, yeah. yeah, go for it. I was gonna say it's the one. So my wife and I watched it, and she loves Star Wars. But she's very much a. I just watch the films. I don't need to take in every part of it. <laughs> right. And so ever so often, I make her watch something. And she's always like, "Fine." And so I made her watch that scene because me to me that was the the deleted scene I wish was in it. And her response was, oh, "I'm so glad they cut it. I don't need more of the caretakers in in this <laughs> thing." But I I really like that scene because. I love every single second we get of Luke and Ray in that yeah. movie. I mean, I'm all about Jedi teaching. I just it's one of yes. my favorite things, and it's also his most to me his most Yoda like moment in the film. And I actually I wrote down some I wrote down some quotes because this is what I did. But I just I think it says so much more about it. Um, like you said, we we're going to the the raiding party. He Luke turns to Ray and says, "Do you know what a Jedi knight would do right now? Nothing." Like I think that's so fascinating, and that yeah. and then that burn inside you, that anger. Um, thinking about what the raiding party is going to do those books in the jedi library say ignore that only act to maintain balance even if people get hurt and i think that balance stuff mm. it would have been nice to me at least i think to have one more little thing but i get it there's a lot going on in that film it's already two and a half hours but uh, what do you guys think i agree i think that that if that film were if that scene were left in the film i think it would have brought new like uh more life in to Oct two it would have made do yeah, feel yeah. like a real place whereas we see the steps we see the huts and we see the shack luke lives in and then the the temple carved out of the mountain and then we we get a lot of the feeling in the sinkhole but just to have the kind of the the people who actually live there the natives be involved i think really would have brought octu to life in a way that it's yeah. it's not currently you know, at yet <laughs> weren't they like when she like she busted through the wall weren't they like Wing around your lightsaber because yeah. they're like they're essentially Jedi groupies, yeah, yes. and they're yes. like, "Yeah, lightsabers!" And Ray's yeah, and Ray's look when she's waving, yeah. she's like, "Fine." Uh, yeah. I thought she was going to give him a bigger wave than that. It, yeah. it was kind of just a little jostle back and forth, but uh, they it, loved it. It was very, it was a very good scene. It did yeah. feel to me though that they did pull. Like the, the the line that hit home was when she was like, "Yeah, but our friends are dying right now," yeah. and uh, and I was like, oh, "Yeah." You know they are, yeah. and like, and he that that clearly hit him. There was a lot of stuff like that where I think it would have really, we yeah, the, like you said, Luke could have used a little more expository for like what he's thinking, why mm -hmm. he's there, what he's going through, what is the subtext like, and like what is he really wrestling with. There was another one where I think he was, you know, there was a scene that was cut where he uh, she right when she shows up, he chucks the lightsaber over his shoulder, he goes into that hut, and then they show him in the hut, and he's just like, yeah. oh. Like, why? Because he wants to run off and help her. He wants to be that guy. Yeah. But every, all of his teachings say no. Yeah. For all he's learned. Yeah, that was a touching moment. Are we talking about Luke kind of crying? A tear? Like yeah. Crying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really touching. Oh, right. And then that was the one that flashes to, it, it cuts to Leah. And Leah feels yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Which was really pretty cool. Yeah. Anything with the twins and, and reuniting that yeah. connection, I, I like. I, I love that. Yeah. Stuff, so. Do they? Do you think they cut that? And I don't remember. Oh, I don't well, know why they he, cut that on the commentary, movie. Johnson just said because he wanted to do less intercutting between the, the plot lines. So I think that's part of why. Yeah. But from like a from a from a standpoint of, of logic, 
she shouldn't have been able to feel that, right? Because she, he had cut himself off from the, from, force. From the force. So yeah. I don't know if it was just kind of maybe confusing to people going, wait, why is she feeling this? Because right. we have the later when he turns himself back on and she clearly... She clearly does. And also it looked very much like the um, force Skype between... Um, you know, between Kylo and Ray, right? Like they were sort yeah. of they were mirrored on, on yeah. exact, you know, same framing on opposite sides yeah. of the the thing, and you know that could have gotten confusing. Yeah, I mean, but I'd love I'm sure he only guy. watched it a billion times and then made that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it also takes away from the uh, from fo- the focus on the resistance and is more of yeah. this forced mm-hmm. connection with Luke and and Leia, whereas we already have that with Ray and Kylo. So it's like, yeah. do we need two of those to think about costume? Right. It might be yeah. too much for the, the average audience. Yeah, yeah. Um, Still, that was very cool. That might yeah. have been another one. Are there any deleted scenes that we just uh, didn't we didn't like at all, or just, there was no reason to film it? Kind of just why did you why did you even film that kind of moment? Because yeah. I I mean I thought they were all kind of yeah. fun. I got, I got one. Oh, you got one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the uh, the Rose and Finn uh, when they escape uh, from the uh, the mega what's they called the mega destroyer supremacy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, says that uh they leave it they're leaving and rose goes uh they go where are we going where we belong <laughs> that just felt super yeah, okay like yeah, i could see that really idealist in the film yeah. and then she's really childish in the book i just don't think that character got exactly what yeah. it needed from either <sighs> medium it's kind of i i love the character of rose i think yeah. she's okay. super necessary i love that she at the very end of the film uh they're talking i mean uh I guess it's with, with Poe and Finn. It's not the end of the film. Yeah. It's actually just when they're talking about the plan to get in there and disable the, the hyperspace tracking device. And I thought that it, it's beautiful that she comes from a very tech-oriented background. She yeah. can, she understands all the engineering and all the technology, whereas you know Finn's trying to hash out the plan, and then Poe is the ace. And I just I thought yeah. that was a nice dynamic. So yeah, I love that character. Yeah. yeah, she's very cool. I, I get a feeling like Brian Johnson probably had an ex-girlfriend that looked just like her. You know, that like they used to go to Comic-Cons together or like something like that. Because something he said about her is like, no, that's I've got this girl in mind. I know who it's going to be. Because yeah. Yeah, the, the, uh, the person that did all the costumes was like, oh, so it'll probably be this really tall, elegant. He's like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. opposite of that. And uh, it's, yeah. you know, but it, it, she's a, a fascinating character. She did drill home that's like, no, it's about saving each other. Yeah. That's the, like, that has to be... Yeah. up there with the best lines yeah. in the song. Oh, that about sacrificing themselves yeah, about yeah. saving each other yeah and um that was that's pretty fantastic but yeah she's i mean she is a cool character in the cold world book like she's just she's the tech genius that mm-hmm. sort of yep. she created a technology that allows them to do this like mercy run and help mm-hmm. some people out um they sort of killed two birds with one stone and sort of spied on a first order outpost and also do these sort of uh they use those bombers to help break ice on a you know mm. ice planet and help some people out and whatever tally telling them to stay in tight formation it just it always just makes this, my stomach drop i'm like why would you ever tell bombers to yeah. get, stay yeah, in tight, tight formation, formation. i was yeah. like oh god no. so every time that happens in the film i'm just always we're, like oh, yeah we're watching my wife's like why why would you make those things the worst possible <laughs> way you could make a bomber ever like, yeah. yeah well it was just i mean it was there's a matter of seconds and she had them arm the bombs too early right. yep and then it was just like one one random yep. like wing off a tie fighter hit right. it and that was it yeah yeah it was rough um anything else that was deleted scenes? Uh, i can't think of any other deleted scenes that i i liked or i didn't like it just kind of they all kind of were just i, yeah. I understand why they got yeah. cut you know yeah all right should we jump into gaming news 
Video games. So, yeah, it's well past time for us to talk about the video game arm of um, Star Wars and what's been going on because right. it's, I mean, huge piece of media. Budget's probably just as big as the movies. Yeah. Um, and uh, for those that don't know, I imagine some do. Um, Disney, when they bought when they bought Star Wars, they uh, canceled um, the Star Wars arm that existed. Um, Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm, LucasArts, 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 which there were some games that people liked. Um, I certainly played all of them. I thought they were sort of awkward and tough I, to play. They always seemed sort of like second tier sort of video yeah. games compared to what else was out there. So Very I was excited to see what which direction they go in. Um, Disney hired, gave a 10-year contract to Dice, I mean, I'm sorry, to EA Sports, um, or EA's video game division, and they uh, subcontracted Dice, which works with EA a lot, mm -hmm. to um, their flagship game was Battlefront, and that came out in 2015. Right. Um, and that was much maligned for launching a what people thought an incomplete game there was not yeah. a lot of content in there and then they charged so it was uh, about 60 us dollars for the game that was about four maps and like 10 game modes and then um they charged another 60 dollars for a season pass which was um you know four more seasons and essentially quadrupled the size of the game yeah. or almost quintupled it um and by the time that was out i think they had a good full game um, they also hired Respawn to work on a game. That's right. This is real to start on a game. Um, and we have yet to see any fruits of that labor. Um, Battlefront 2 came out. I'm sort of just back well, we know, like we know Well, we know Visceral's yeah. game got yeah. uh, not so much canceled, but uh, restructured. restructured. They basically so, yeah. just eliminated the project, which was this, uh, I guess, this... Um, Third person single player action adventure game, uh, yeah, uh, set around the time of the New Hope, I believe, and yeah. um, uh, it was written by Amy Henning, who wrote all the Uncharted, Uncharted games. Oh, and, very cool. Yes, uh, it yeah, was. It was supposed much, to be like yeah. an Star Uncharted, Wars, Uncharted, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. and um, everyone was very excited about that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, EA and Dice take over, have exclusive rights with this. They, you know, they. At the game conference, it was all these games are going to be come out. And you're going to be getting games all the time, and it's going to be raining games. Um, and but ultimately, here it is, five years into their contract, we have two games: Battlefront and Battlefront Two. Um, Visceral was scrapped, and we have no idea what Respawn's doing. Well, we know Respawn. I think announced that they were making the game three, three or four years ago. So they yes. must have a, you know a, a lot of a lot of assets. Remains to be seen. There's, um, I believe there's a gaming conference come up. Yeah, the E3 Expo is coming up soon, and we could right. have a reveal from Respawn yeah. about their Star Wars game. We don't know, but um, yeah. I'm more I'm more interested in uh, the next DLC for Battlefront 2, and if Battlefront 2 will release DLC for the solo uh, mm. film. Yeah. And they usually, when a, a film comes out... Uh, EA Motive likes to piggyback on that and do a kind of DLC related to the solo film. Right, yeah. And what they did it with uh, 2015, Battlefront did one for Rogue One. When yeah. Rogue One came out there. And people can just play it on the red carpet when they get there or yes. whatever. It's just a big kind of ceremonial ro rollout thing that, that yeah. they do with the video games. And just made me think, well, you know, what, what could we get for that? You know, yeah. That could be really fun. Well, it looks like we're going to, we might see some Kessel Run yep. stuff. There's going to be a different, you know, a modded looking. Uh, Millennium Falcon in its infancy when it was at its sleekest and let 
um, yeah, there's gonna it's be a lot of that. I, I mean, do would they do a young Han Solo and a young Lando? You know, would they add those heroes to the game, or, or would that be redundant? Would they already have them? So why would they? You know, add them? that's the, this is the thing. So EA is a constant source of frustration for a lot of reasons yeah. for a lot of people because it, in one hand, they make beautiful games and they do a lot of great things, but they don't do them with efficiency. They frequently break. Um, they the it's a constant game of glitches and patches and glitches and patches so like really game breaking glitches they rolled out a patch to fix what was the problem some awful problem and then it it suddenly there's this one blaster that's just like way overpowered and destroys everyone and of course all the you know tools use it so Mm -hmm. it's like they fix one thing two more things break and this was the way it was through the whole development of battlefront 2015 and it's the same way with this too. So that's the long way of saying, yes, I don't understand why you couldn't throw a couple reskins on there. Like just make a couple more skins mm-hmm. and make young Han Solo yeah. and make young Lando Calrissian and I mean and you know and even leave Luke, maybe. or yeah, Chewbacca sure. or something. Yeah. You know, but they don't have it in the game. They they decided to go one of the people's major gripes and my major gripe is that they have so there's hero characters you can save battle points and in the middle of the game if you save up enough battle points you can become one of these super overpowered heroes and you know be luke skywalker or be darth vader and join the fight but they've um they did cross genre heroes so now if you're playing in naboo you can be ray and join uh, yeah, on the clone side kind of i mean personally i would like and their reasoning was like well listen we want to be able to have four heroes out on the on these games at a time and we only have so many but honestly there's plenty of options you know they made them all customized it's just being lazy things. and not yes. creating the models and yeah. skin and, and like, creating the skins or and, even and making the characters yeah like how nuanced. long could a skin really take to develop like i mean they could have just you know even if like all they all had the same powers and it was literally literally a reskin between yeah. ki mundi and and mace windu and like you know but at least they're all you know they're all yeah. actual in the the era um, that would be cool. Yeah, bring so, out C.O. Bibble on uh, Naboo if you need to. <laughs> sure, right. C.O. <laughs> Bibble. I'll take that. I Captain Panaka, come on. Oh, definitely, people are talking about... Well, that's the other thing, too. It's sort of... It's clones versus... <laughs> clones versus separatists on Naboo. And, like, they make up this sort of weird map. But this French person I saw today on there um, was just like, would it be possible to get Gungans and Royal Guards versus the separatist clone army in Naboo? And, like, someone was like, yeah, that would be awesome, actually. But it's just, like, EA has set us up for for disappointment so consistently that it's just, um, it just doesn't seem possible. So, even if they do roll out a solo thing, I imagine they'll pick a couple of cool things, but there'll be a lot of other things that'll be head-scratchers. Right. Do you think it's just making dates and, 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 you know making the due dates and they don't have enough time to, to create all these assets so that so I they're think just so. rushing the product is that what you're thinking I don't I don't is know much I, I know very little about the industry but one thing I do know is that programmers and developers are insanely overworked yeah like right. insane like they are just like sweatshop workers and yeah. they don't give them enough time to work they have insane dates mm-hmm. they you know they don't communicate the you know company doesn't communicate that well with people and it's like, I guess it's taboo to say, well, hey, listen, we just can't do yeah. it in that amount of time. I mean, in the video game industry, misdates is the name of the game. Like, it just is. Like, yeah. I, I know, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 I've been waiting for for two years. Right. And oh, it just right. gets, get, gets pushed back, pushed back. But I'm okay. I'd rather, like, just keep pushing it back, release it when it's ready. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's a Star Wars game. 
they probably don't have any leeway. Yeah. You have to get that is the deadline. You get the game out, yeah. whether the game's ready or not. And clearly, the last two times, it hasn't yeah. been ready. Yeah. And I feel like that's just going to be because you have to get them out from time for the movies because you have to get the get right. to sell the downloadable content yeah. for those movies for right. this for that yeah. yeah i don't yeah i don't i don't want to turn this into a like a you know real downer no. rag session on the video game arm but the video game arm of this um intellectual property is wanting it, it yeah. could it, it is underutilized to say the least right now i i personally would take quantity over quality Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even, you know, this visceral game that they scrapped that was sort of like, well, it's not really doing what we're doing. Really, a, a lot of people suspect that they just didn't see the dollar signs there because it wasn't, there weren't microtransactions, which EA is a, a massive fan of. Um, but it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, anyone would love to play this game. It doesn't matter how, you know, how retread, you know, this stuff is. Right, like, I think right. people, you know, that's what Star Wars is for a lot of people is escapism. And video games is that, you know. Like, who wouldn't want to just, like, go and be this Alderaanian refugee right. trying to, you know, get a little piece of revenge in the world and, you know, going through, you know, the, the universe. It's like, it, it would just be fun. It would be great. Yeah. A nice 50-hour game, mm-hmm. something like that. And, you know, yes, there are more contemporary styles of game now. Like, you know, uh, Shadow of War is amazing. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, like, all these open-world uh, quest games would be fantastic yeah. to see a Star yeah. Wars game like that. Um, there's a lot of really cool video games that are coming out now, but because um, Disney tied themselves to EA, they sort of paint themselves in the corner. EA, really, they make sports games and they make first-person shooters. And so, you know, multiplayer first-person shooters. And so they've done the first-person shooter thing, or third-person, actually, in the case of Battlefront, um, but, you, you know, shooters, and they don't really do anything else well and they don't seem willing to branch out and license that and there are rumors that they are being audited and Mm. um you know this the microtransaction debate has come to a head because of how powerful the star wars um you know gaming and popularity base is they've seen this and and now they're like you know they understand how unfair pay to win is um, so I think they've drawn the ire of Disney and I think Disney's going to, you know, there's rumors that Disney has eyed Ubisoft as a potential to replace, um, I love yeah. that rumor. I love, I mean, give me an open world game with yeah. a bunch of waypoints to, to go and just unlock yes. or outpost to defeat yeah. and just something yeah. like just in set in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Just, we, if it's Ubisoft, you have Assassin's Creed, right? right. You yeah. have that. Yeah. You've had so many of those games. It's just, They're use cool that games. as a base. They're yeah. fun. Yeah. You're right. They don't need to be perfect. Just and instead of us... towns, it's planets, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And instead of, I mean, actually my favorite Assassin's Creed game was the, um, the pirate. Black Sails. Black Sails. Right. Oh God, I love that game. And, um, you know, because like you created an armada, mm-hmm. like you could very much do that instead of the ocean. You could do that with the galaxy and with space. And, yeah. You know, you could, build up a whole armada of smuggling ships that yep. go between all these planets and it could just get bigger and bigger and you could do DLCs yeah. that expand the galaxy. Yeah. A and lot that, of cool yeah. opportunities. And that game was perfect because it allowed you to play it how you wanted to play exactly. it. And and like we were talking earlier before we started talking about like the Knights of the Old Republic video games. I mean, those yes. are some of my favorite video games hands down, even outside of Star Wars. And there's just so many little side things and i was joking earlier but it's true like sabacc there's this little card game side game that you can yeah. play and i spent literally two days in my basement just playing card games on video games right. because yeah. i wanted to experience that universe and i want to play in the universe and, and battlefront's a beautiful game and it's a fun game yeah but to me it's a very to me and to me it's my opinion it's, it's a very shallow game yeah and, and it lets you live some of those amazing moments but that's about it and i want something right. deeper yes 
It doesn't have to be yeah. pretty and, and polished. Just, what's interesting right. is it, yeah. it, you have this kind of semi... I don't even want to say it's open, but the maps are very large in Battlefront, and you yeah. feel there's a, there's this freedom of there's a lot of freedom of choice of where you're going to mm-hmm. go and what route you're going to take, and you know different different event different things will happen to you. A tie fighter might crash in front of you, you might yeah. get a, a ambushed by a couple of guys. You're going to have a narrative from playing like that, but now we have a new genre of like battle royale games yes. where it's where the player behavior is so interesting, where mm. it's either a perimeter of death that's closing in on you. Or you have to get an item and extract with it, right. and 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 you're given a giant open world where you can just run around and right. do all these kind. Of, and there's even more narrative possibilities and things like that that right. you don't get in a Battlefront game. Would love to see them take that. Right. I would love to see yeah. that. if I'm, it's if it's bounty hunters right. grabbing yeah. a bounty, you know, whatever it is. It's really insane, and I just really, you know, for all I, I love Kathleen Kennedy and everything she's done with this IP. I, I love the books. I love how they streamlined everything. I love mm-hmm. the story group, and it's just you know. When George Lucas, George Lucas knew how much power he had with toys, right? He knew, yeah. he was like, these are going to be great. And he sold them and it took a lot of people to catch on. But the Star Wars toys revolutionized the whole toy industry. I mean, video games are essentially playing with toys. And it's like, if you did it right, it's there's no world more ripe for uh, great video games than Star Wars. And um, I just, I think they, they've got a lot, they've got a little ways to go there. But eventually, yeah. I think cooler heads will prevail and um smarter people will get in the right positions and they'll um they'll make that work because i don't think it should be reserved to one company i don't think it should yeah. just be a you know they make great games if they want to do their first person but i think they need to you know disney should staff up and make sure just do it you know business by business anyone who wants to make a star wars game can you know just they just need to liaise with the story group and you know that way you're going to get fantastic games um but all that said to end on a higher note at least i mean this this week, um, the nerds won. Uh, there was a literal rebellion among video game players against EA for their micro, you know, trying to have microtransactions and pay to win uh, mechanic in Star Wars Battlefront Two. Um, people boycotted EA. They didn't buy it. They were about eight million billion, eight billion under like no, mil- it must have been million. Could have been billion dollars, but they were way under sales. Um, what they their projected sales. They take a massive hit. They were under the eye of everyone, and they were like, "Okay, we'll we'll fix it." And we didn't know what that was until you know that was gosh months ago. I mean, it was yeah. released last November. They pulled all micro microtransactions, you know, almost immediately. Yeah. And then, um, but on March twenty first, Wednesday, they are going to roll out the new progression system they've been working on, and it is pay to win free. You can it, it follows sort of an Overwatch format where. Um, you can buy, you can use real money to buy cosmetics, you know, sort of skins and then things like that. Um, and which is fantastic. And you can also earn those in game too, with, with points that you earn in the game. So you don't even, you know, if you want to change cosmetics, you don't have to do it. So, um, huge victory for video games, um, due to, to star Wars, um, fans like you. Um, so thanks for doing that and yeah. fighting the good fight. And now you can fight the fake fight online and not have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's, that's that, but hopefully there'll be more video game news coming up. The, yeah. you know, that as game conferences come out, we'll see some new games and hopefully have some fun stuff to talk about. Yeah. And last news item, I think, uh, there's a drone video flyover video mm-hmm. of, uh, galaxy's edge in, uh, 
Disney World Resort, and they're building it now, and you can see the drone video online. Uh, just just search drone flyover uh, Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Yeah. It's it's awesome. It's breathtaking. I cannot wait yes. to go. Yeah. To this and place. I love the concept behind it too. It's its own world, right? Yeah. And the thing, so it's like going to be its own story, which it's I think to be is cool. Fully immersive, meaning everyone there is in the Star Wars universe. So when you interact with people, they are not going to be oh, Disney man. employees. They're oh, going I'm to be so Star excited. Wars people, which could be fun and i think disneyland opens 2019 i think disney world shortly after maybe yeah, 2020 I think 2020 i think yeah. but uh, i have a big birthday cool. coming up in 2020 and <laughs> i've already told my down. wife <laughs> yeah this is what i'm doing for my birthday so oh, we are going oh good yeah. for you yeah. well you have to keep us posted i, I yeah. of course instantly saw that and was like god i'm like how soon like maybe two years after it's open will i be able to get in yeah. i have a feeling they're not going to overpopulate it like it's not going to be they're not going to jam it out but i think it will be extremely expensive and there will be a line yeah you know? well, we'll do a podcast there yeah, yes, we yeah. Should, we'll, we'll broadcast yeah. live we should probably do that for <laughs> science and for all of our dedicated listeners uh, yeah. we appreciate so much <laughs> so uh yeah that's it for this week Thanks very much for listening, as always, and we will be back next week um, with hopefully more news um, and opinions and ideas and theories in the Star Wars universe. Thanks. Thanks.